0: Uh, testimonies from yesterday. Again, we had a great time at Christmas, Carolyn. We're going to ask Cadero and Ruth to come and give a testimony this morning. Amen. Let's give my hands a hand as they come. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ruth, and I just want to give a testimony about um, yesterday. Yesterday was a really awesome time to, um, at Walmart. First of all, we got to Carol at Walmart and tell people about Jesus, and nobody stopped us hunted us down to stop us so that right there is amazing but what really stood out to me is that while we're caroling you're watching these people drive by and people are, are rolling their windows down and they're smiling and they're happy and um, people are open one lady um, she she was an older lady and I just sat there she just she was walking she stopped to listen and as each as people were giving her testimony she would just stop and she would just watch and she would just listen and listen so you can really see the hearts that were open and it was just so amazing to see God at work and um it just really brought a lot of joy to my heart and just it was a very visual reminder of why we do what we do Hey everyone. My name's Cadario. Um, I went there yesterday doing a Christmas Carolyn. Had a great time. Got a chance to preach, um, just tell people about Jesus, giving our testimonies, um, just letting people know there's hope out there because there's a lot of people living in fear of COVID and, you know, just going through all kinds of stuff, suicidal thoughts. So it's a good thing that we're out there preaching the gospel to them because they need it, everybody in need of hope. So um, it's just being a light in a dark world because we know Jesus is coming back soon, so we count it a privilege just to have the opportunity to do it. And um, if you never made a chance or opportunity to make it on outreach, I encourage you to definitely make it, man. It, it can change your life and other people's lives. God can use your life to reach others. So, yeah, it was great. Amen. Amen. Praise God! Him. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Uh, amen. So I want to say Merry Christmas. Uh, amen. It's next Saturday, so we won't have this Christmas Sunday service anyway. So say Merry Christmas. If you don't want to miss Wednesday Christmas plays. Uh, Pastor Howard said they're working hard. It's gonna be a fantastic uh, place. So invite people to it. Come to yourselves. Gonna be a great time. But so this morning, this is not your typical Christmas sermon. Uh, this morning is not your Christmas sermon at all. I'm not going to preach on uh, uh, Jesus in the manger, but I am going to preach on Jesus uh, entering into His ministry this morning. In Luke 4, when Jesus stood up that day and preached in the Nazareth church and the synagogue, He changed the church's structure forever. Now I want to look at that this morning. The purpose of Jesus coming, uh, of what He did for the church. So let's read with that in mind Luke chapter 4, start verse 14. Said read Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Uh, he went to Nazareth, uh, where he had been brought up. And, and on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as his custom. As it was his custom, he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. He found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me, sent me to proclaim freedom to the prison, and recover sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then He wrote up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on Him, and he began to say, to them, listen. To Today, the Scriptures fulfilled in your hearing. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, let these words live in us, Spirit. God, change us, move on us. Uh, God, I pray, breathe in our hearts this morning. God, give us your Word. God, open our eyes. God, let us see what you are doing. Let us see what we need to see. God, I pray. God, help us this morning. Breathe up on your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, the life changer, if you're taking notes. Three things happened here in our text. Uh, now look at these. So look at first the message. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what he prays. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and recover of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. They never heard anything like this before. They're they're totally shocked if you can put yourself in that meeting uh, because church back then was always the reading of the law. Uh, the scroll would be handed to them where they'd read something there most of the time out of the law. This time it was out of uh, uh Isaiah, but they had the religious prayers, you know, Have uh, you kind of seen the movies maybe how the uh, you know the Hebrews would just bring out make the religious prayers and then have an offering, uh And that was about it. But Jesus' message here was about God touching people. It wasn't about services made to God. It was about God touching people. This is totally new to them. You mean God wants to touch us. Uh, God wants to speak to us. He said, proclaiming good news to the poor, freedom to the prisoner, and recovering the sight for the blind, uh, to set the oppressed free. That was totally brand new to them. Jesus changed the rules of church that day. before, again, it was a uh, come to church, do your religious duties uh, and go home. But now it's come to church. Uh, uh, let God speak to you, let him touch you, heal you and change you. I mean, I think about it, they never heard anything like that. You mean I can come to church and expect God to speak to me. I can expect God to touch me, heal me, do a miracle in my life. Uh, that's what Jesus is saying here. See, church is. Uh, more now than a three-hour boring service. That's about the length of their time back then. They so think, God we don't go three hours now. But now it's exciting. Uh, everywhere Jesus went, you follow Him. Uh, the place was packed out. The lame, the blind, the deaf, uh, and the needy was there. Uh, Jesus changed the whole format of of God speaking and touching people. And Jesus came. Uh, uh, again, it was uh, what we can do for God in the service. Now it's what God can do for us. Matthew 9, 39. Uh, Jesus went through all the towns, villages, teaching their synagogues, proclaim the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Every time we come to church, uh, we need to come to the expectation to meet with God. That's the message here. Every time we come to church, uh, amen, we need to know that God is here. Jesus is here. To touch, to speak, to do a miracle. Uh, Jesus changed the whole dynamics of church, and we need to come. Uh, when we come, we come with that expectation that God can meet the need in our family, in our lives. You know, we may not be the lame, the blind, the deaf, uh, but we sure have our own struggles in life, don't we? Everyone who's come to church with struggles in our marriage, uh, our finances, or our fighting depression, loneliness, we're stressed out because of life. Uh, uh, we all come to church with something. And Jesus said, listen, I've come to touch you. I've come to do a miracle in your life. I've come to meet with you at that place. Uh, and Jesus totally changed the dynamics of church. And again, as you follow the ministry, everywhere he went, they're blown away. Uh, they're, they're blown away with his message, with his preaching, because it's totally new to them. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. They never heard that before. It was before, come to church, hear the readings uh, of the scrolls. Uh, uh, we're going to offer a few religious things. Then you go home, bring an offering. Uh, but now it's, what can I do for you, Jesus is saying. Jesus made church all about God touching people. Mark ten fifty one, Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? No rabbi ever asked you that. No preacher ever asked this blind man. Uh, uh, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, they're used to just begging, calling out. But Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus said, uh, uh, or he said, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus said, uh, I go in faith. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sign and followed Jesus along the road. Uh, the, his message totally transformed people. And that's what transformed you and I. Uh, uh, You know, we didn't come in just to watch a religious thing go on. We didn't watch some scrolls being read uh, and some religious, uh, you know, things going on. But we heard the word of God. The word of God reached us and touched us, did a miracle. That's what changed us. Jesus not only came to the message, uh, but Jesus changed the structure of even preaching that day. Jesus changed the rules of raising up preachers. Uh, Before, uh, if you read the scriptures, it it was careful selection. If you wanted to preach back in Jesus' day, it was careful selection. Uh, The high priest would select you. Most of the time, uh, it was the rich families in church uh, and the smartest kids, uh, the smartest young men were set to the side to preach the word of God. Uh, That's what they have used to The common man uh, had no hope of ever doing anything for God, preaching the gospel. But Jesus comes along, uh, Matthew chapter 4:18, and Jesus uh, was walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew, and he called out to them, uh, you know the story, he calls out to them, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That was totally new. They're blown away. Uh, they've understood Jesus by now to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God. Uh, uh, they've heard the rumors, they've heard all that Jesus is doing, uh, and now he's calling them into the ministry. They're just fishermen. Uh, He goes along, uh, later he calls John and and James, the sons of Zebedee. Later calls tax collectors uh, and others to come and join the ministry. I'll tell you, that was so mind-blowing. And it's still true today, isn't it? Calming men can preach the Word of God. That's a miracle. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus called the 12 together. Remember, he called them first. He discipled them. Uh, Now he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. uh, And now he's sending them out. Amen. He called them. They followed him for a little while. He put some training into them. Uh, Now he said, Go out, preach the kingdom, uh, do what I've done, heal sick. uh, uh, and cast out demons, and you know, the they come back, they're excited, man, Jesus, this works. Uh, people are getting saved, people are getting healed. Uh, God's powerfully moving, and that's the message that we need today still in church. Let me look secondly at the power here. First, it was the message, then it was the power. So Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about Him spread throughout the whole countryside. They weren't used to power in church. Again, as I said, they were used to just the uh, the religious reading of the scrolls. They were used to the religious, uh, uh, you know, religious calisthenics, whatever they were in that day, as an offering. Uh, but they weren't used to power in the church. But Jesus came the power of the Spirit. Uh, again, they weren't used to power. They were used to just religious action, go home. Uh, but Jesus brought power in the church that day. Think about it, uh, People were there. They seen Jesus healed. Demons were cast out. People were set free. uh, I mean, they were totally blown away. Okay, Jesus brings a new message uh, uh, that God wants to touch us. God wants to do a miracle in us. uh, Now there's a power that comes with us. Jesus is healing people. Demons are cast out. There's a power with this too now. Verse 32. They said they were all amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. Don't you think, God, when you got saved, Jesus' word had authority. Amen. Told the devil to go. Uh, you're free now. You can live for God. You're, you're not bound by sin, tormented by addiction anymore. You're not bound by demons, but you're free. You uh, you can live for God. That's authority this morning. You know, that same power that Jesus had when he returned from Galilee uh, is the same power that uh, God gave you and I through the Holy Spirit. It's the same power that God says, you're going to get. Acts one eight, uh, but you shall receive power, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to all the to the end of the earth. With the Holy Spirit in you and I, uh, we have the same power that Jesus came in uh, that day. We can lay hands on the sick. We can see people healed. Uh, we can preach with authority. See people saved, and delivered. Uh, we have the same power moving through us uh, and people come in sometimes they're amazed because they're just used to religious churches. They go through some motions, you know a few songs, uh, through your readings of the book maybe, but they've never heard preaching and never heard uh, you can get saved, God can touch your life, you can be healed, you can be healed. Uh, uh, that's totally new. But Jesus said, listen, there's a power now uh, involved in the gospel. There's a power that uh, we can operate in that what that propels the gospel forward. You know, books of Acts uh, after the church was filled with the Holy Ghost, they evangelized the world. Acts chapter 8, verse 4, very uh, famous portion of scripture. Those who had scattered uh, preached uh, the word everywhere they went. This was uh, that was not done only the priests back then, only the select few uh, had the opportunity to. To, uh, to lift up the Word of God, but now these are common people who got saved and healed, uh, and the Bible said they've, they've scattered everywhere preaching the Word of God. How is that? Because they've been touched. God has spoke to them. God has done a miracle in them, uh, and the power of God is in them. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Now they're scattered. You can't keep this down. You can't keep this shut down, keep this quiet. They're scattered. Uh, they're preaching the gospel everywhere. It goes on. It says Philip went down to the city uh, Samaria proclaimed the message there. Uh, uh, when the crowds heard Philip, and they saw the signs perform. Uh, amen. And they paid attention to what he said. Verse seven. For uh, Amen. Unclean spirits come crying out. Many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Uh, There's great joy in that. See, this is a common disciple. Philip wasn't sent to school. wasn't four year uh, degree. What uh, didn't go to seminary? He simply. Uh, got saved like you and I, uh, discipled, uh, given the word of God, now he's preaching the gospel. That's the new message today. Jesus came to the new message, now there's a power given to you and I. You know, I like the revival Pastor Howard's doing because it's focusing the church back on evangelism. We're being given a power to evangelize uh, Philip goes down to a whole city of things, just begins to preach, evangelize. Uh, and the whole city is moved on. They come to hear the word of God. Uh, we're given a power to evangelize. We're given power to, uh, amen, take the gospel out and see people respond. You know, the second thing the power of the Holy Spirit does, uh, it gives you and I the ability to live above sin. Zachariah said, not by power or by, but by my spirit, says the Lord, uh, or in other words, the empowerment of the Spirit enables us uh, to do what we do. Uh, once we got the Spirit of God in us, the power of God living in us, listen, we're, we're stronger than sin. We can live above sin. Sin has no longer a hold uh, on us. Uh, Galatians 5, those who are filled with the Spirit, uh, walk in the Spirit and grat- do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, when you're filled with the power of God and walk in that spirit, uh, as he said, you don't gratify the flesh. You don't want to gratify the flesh. You don't want to bow down to that anymore. Uh, when you're filled with the spirit, walk in the spirit, uh, you've got such a dominion in life that, listen, I don't want the flesh getting a hold of me anymore. You know, every one of us battle every day, but the truth is, the spirit, the spirit is stronger than the flesh. That's why Paul said, when you walk in the Spirit, you are not going to gratify the flesh. The Spirit is much stronger than the flesh. And when Jesus gave us power, uh, amen, when He breathed into our lives His Spirit, His power, uh, when He touched our life, uh, He gave us power over this flesh, uh, uh, amen, we can say no to the flesh at any time. No Christian ever has to sin. Somebody said, I don't believe that was true. For God, you get the Spirit in, you never have to sin. You know, Satan's biggest lie is believers can't live, uh, or can't can't live above sin. How many? of That's a lie. Jude says, "Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of His glory, which is exceedingly joy." Jude says, uh, "Listen, God can keep you from sin." God can keep you from falling. God can keep you from stumbling. Uh, uh, the power of God that's in you, amen, is stronger than any sin in the world. Uh, and God can keep you from that. Uh, uh, 2 Chronicles 5, 17. Therefore, if any of what is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things are of God. Uh, I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Ghost is powerful. And when, he, and when the, power, the Holy Ghost gets in you, everything begins to change. Uh, your desires, your wants, uh, uh, everything about you now is wanting to go for God and not wanting to get in sin. Galatians 2.20 Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, is no longer no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me, he said, I've been crucified. I've crucified this flesh. So I'm living for Jesus. I'm clean. This wonderful. That's what he's saying there, we can have that testimony, because Jesus changed the dynamics of church that day. The message is God wants to touch you. God wants to reach into your life. I'm giving you a power now, uh, where you have power over sin, over the demonic. Uh, you can walk in the power of that spirit and live clean uh, and do right. Uh, Jesus changed the dynamics of church that day. Don't you thank God for that? You know, where you find the Spirit, where you find people filled with the Spirit too, you find unity. And this really helps the church when people are filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, when people are filled with the Spirit of God. Acts 2.46 says, So continually, daily of one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, passed. Are praising God and finding favor with all the people. There's unity there. Listen, when people are filled the Holy Ghost, there's a unity. There's a desire for unity. When people are filled the Holy Ghost, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, you have a uh, you have a a resistance against any kind of hatred or bitterness. uh, You want unity. You know, before the Holy Spirit. You know, church is probably filled with all kinds of, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, sin and bitterness, hatred. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, let me read this to you again. It says, daily with one accord in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. That's not normal. But that's God's church. Amen. Jesus changed the dynamics again. Uh, Amen. When it came, the message was, I want to touch you. I want to meet with you. I want to touch your area of need. I want to fill you with power. I want you to walk in this power. I want you to live above sin. I want you to be in unity. Luke 12, the Holy Spirit will teach us what we should do. Let's look lastly to change lives here. Everywhere Jesus went, He changed lives. Can you say amen? If you're a Christian, you can say, Jesus changed my life. Your testimony of a changed life if you're a Christian. John 2 is powerful if you understand the reading here. Jesus' first miracle, changing water into wine. This was more than giving them something different to drink. This is more than Jesus just offering them, hey, you know." if you know the story, Jesus... Mother goes to him, hey, they're out of wine. Uh, uh, Give them some wine. Jesus uh, does a miracle and gives them uh, some wine. But this is more than giving them something different to drink. Jesus was showing us a change uh, that happens in every believer's life. Uh, Jesus changing water into wine uh, involved an entire change in the uh, molecular makeup of water. Jesus made or Jesus didn't just add food coloring and salt to the water that day. Uh, but Jesus changed the atomic structure of the liquid. Uh, everything was changed that day. I don't believe Jesus added anything to that water to make it wind. Uh, I believe Jesus uh, put brand new wine in there. Uh, the water probably just went somewhere. I'm not sure, but Jesus did a complete miracle in there. Jesus never just touches the old uh, and puts a patch on it Uh and said, "I hope it holds, Jesus always does a complete change, a complete miracle. This is a picture of salvation. Jesus didn't just touch the old heart uh, and put some patch on it, hope it holds together. Jesus changes completely. He gave something brand new, something powerful, something uh, intoxicating uh, happened in us uh, as salvation. The jars were the same on the outside, but everything on the inside was changed. Amen. So Jesus is showing them a picture of what he's doing. Remember, this is his first miracle. Uh, Jesus giving them a picture of what he came to do, his first, uh, first showing out, his first miracle. He's wanting to show them uh, what God can do in their life, what God wants to do in their life. Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change from water to wine, but the real miracle here uh, is what I'm, I can do in your spirit, what's going to happen in your life uh, when I come in. John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, No one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless he is born of water and of spirit. Uh, flesh gives birth to flesh, and spirit gives uh, birth to spirit. You can buy, or, or, uh, you should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot hear where it comes and where it goes. Uh, so is this everything bo- or everyone born of the Spirit? Jesus give them a picture of salvation here. You look the same on the outside, but everything on the inside is completely new. Uh, don't try to figure it out. Jesus said, uh, "As the wind comes one way, it goes the other." Way. You can't see it. You can feel the effects. Uh, uh, that's the power of salvation here. Jesus does such a powerful new work in us. Uh, 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 I mean, we get. Um, you know, you're wasting your time. You're trying to figure it out. It's just simply a miracle of God. It's God coming into your life. A supernatural uh, uh, element of God comes into your life. Uh, Spirit of God. Everything's ran out. Uh, everything is a brand new uh, you. That's what Jesus said. That's what happens when you give your life to Jesus. Uh, it's not just a, a patch on a, a you know a, a wound. Again, it's not just a band-aid on a wound. It's a completely new you. When I got saved, I was completely changed. Uh, I was I didn't just feel a little better when I left church that day. I knew that God had done a powerful miracle in my life. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't tell everybody everything that happened, but I knew it was a new layer when I left church that day. I didn't want to do any of the old I did. I didn't want to even go close to it. Uh, I mean, everything in me now I wanted to praise God, uh, wanted to come to church, be a blessing. That's the miracle I'm talking about. So, when Jesus came to Galilee that day, uh, he just came back, uh, uh, amen, from the wilderness. So I'll touch that in a moment. He just came back from the wilderness, uh, and now he's in Nazareth, that synagogue. He, raised. he said, with a new message uh, God wants to touch you, God wants to do a miracle in you, uh, and they're dumb about it. Huh? God wants to touch me? God gives you power now. God gives you the Holy Ghost. Uh, you're going to do miracles. I'm going to raise up preachers, common men. Uh, I'm going to raise them up. They're going to preach the gospel. They're going to do miracles too. It's like, huh? God's blowing their mind. Uh, I keep blowing. And now again, uh, God said, let me show you the root proof of real change here. Again, this is a picture of salvation. You look the same on the outside, but everybody knows you're different from the inside. I listened to to testimonies yesterday, and I'm like, wow. Just the miracles you're there yesterday. Just hearing the testimonies of our sister, here, George. Uh, I mean, just man. Uh, I mean, just totally different people. Totally different people. That's not religion, church. You can't get that from reading the book, or reading the scroll, the uh, the the you know the law. You're not gonna. Jesus brought salvation in. Another picture of this is Luke 19. Zacharias stood up and said to the Lord, "Look, uh, Lord, uh, now here's half my possessions." Uh, uh, I will give half my possessions. If I've cheated anyone else, I'll pay them back four times. That's salvation. There, he's a tax collector. He's as greedy as you can get. That's how he's got his money. He's a greedy tax. He's ripped everybody, cheated everybody. But this is what salvation does. There's not a program book here. Hey, uh, you say say this? No, here's a man. Uh, Jesus comes to his house and he, he just out of conviction he stands up. Jesus. Uh, uh, read between lies. I've ripped a lot of people off, but I'm willing to make it right now. I want to make it right. That's a new person there. That's salvation. That's what Jesus does when you're uh, when he comes into somebody. Jesus said in verse 9, today salvation has come to this house. Why? Because of the change. The change of a life, the change of uh, uh, the miracle has been done. Uh, a salvation is there. And Jesus said, Today, this is a good picture of it. You know, salvation is conversion. It's a change of character, change of attitude, beliefs, change of uh, sinfulness, uh, lifestyle to rights. It's a totally change. Totally change. Ephesians 4. said, Made new in the attitude of your mind, put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a picture of conversion. As salvation, God does... Uh, God does something so amazing in your life. It's like water turned into wine. Spiritually, the atomic uh, structures change. Every small, minute uh, molecule uh, in your spiritual life has been changed. Jesus totally changed your life. Uh, and this is what people can understand many times. Uh, uh, I remember when I, was, I went back to work Monday morning, I left uh, Wednesday or Friday night just as filled with sin as anybody in that place. Bl- I come back Monday morning and pray. They're trying to figure Larry out. I said, "Hey, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus." Uh, and, and but they begin to see the the change in my life in time. Uh, and they're they're just scratching their head. Jesus did a miracle. That's the picture of salvation. Jesus' message that day was a new life. I want to touch you. I want you to feel the Holy Ghost. I want your life changed completely. But if you go back verse a few verses, Jesus just came back from a 40-day fast. And in that fast, uh, if you read uh, 40 days, Jesus was out there, the Bible says, fighting demons, fighting the elements, he's fasting and praying for 40 days uh, without anything. Uh, and the devil shows up and he begins to tempt Jesus with all kinds of different things. Uh, if you about to me, if you do this, you do that. Uh, And Jesus didn't. He won the battle that day, and he comes back victoriously. uh, And then he comes back to our in our text, as we just read. uh, Jesus just came back from defeating hell, defeating Satan and the demonic. uh, And he comes with this new power, and he's given us to the church. So what this tells me, not only are we new, but Jesus has given us authority now to win our own battles, to fight our own battles and win them over hell and the demonic. You know, in truth, Jesus won that battle for you and I. When Jesus won that battle in the wilderness that day, when he beat Satan down, uh, uh, defeated every temptation, Jesus came back uh, and gave you and I the power to win battles as well. Jesus also went to the cross for you and I. It was the innocent for the guilty, uh, or the perfect for, uh, you know, uh, Jesus lived a perfect life uh, in the Old Testament, what they would do, you have to understand what this means. Uh, in the Old Testament, they'd bring a, a lamb uh, once a year, the Day of Atonement. They would offer this lamb, and, and uh, by this lamb shedding, it was a perfect lamb. Uh, had no blemishes, no nothing. It was a perfect lamb that sacrificed it, and that blood would satisfy the rapture of God for some time. Uh, they'd have to do this again and again and again. But Jesus came uh, as the perfect lamb of God, never sinned, never done anything wrong, but gave his life, uh, and a satisfied the satisfied rapture of God forever, uh, and through his blood, the Bible said we can come and be saved, uh, and when we get saved, no longer does God see our sin, uh, but he looks at the blood of Jesus on our life, uh, so now every time God looks at us, it's through the blood uh, that was shed on that cross on Calvary, uh, and, we're, and not only that, but we're given power through that blood. Uh, The Bible said uh, we can call upon the blood of Jesus Christ. uh, uh, We can bring that power to every battle and win them because of what he did. Revelation 12, 11 says it this way. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, talking about Satan, uh, and by the word of their testimony. What they did, they brought Jesus, the blood of the cross, to every battle. uh, As Satan's fighting them, as Satan's coming against them, uh, they're pleading the blood, I plead the blood of Jesus against you, uh, I'm bringing the blood of Jesus to this battle. Uh, they're standing on the word of God. They're standing on what Jesus did. Uh, and the Bible said they overcame him, the devil, uh, by the blood and by their words. Listen, if you learn to speak uh, what the Bible says, speak what the word of God has given us, uh, you'll win the battles. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood and by the word. You have to learn how to speak it. That's why I say read the words. That's why I'm always telling you, read the Bible uh, Cause it gets in you after a while, and you just begin to speak it. Just begin to speak it naturally. Uh, I got a I got a Bible app on my phone, so I'm always in the travel car. I'm reading. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Uh, I'm in Isaiah now. It's kind of a long uh, read, but uh, uh, I'm trying. I'm in my car. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. And you know, people are driving, 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 looking at me funny, but i am getting it in me. I'm reading how, I mean, all kinds of, they're fighting battles, but they're winning because of what Jesus has done. And when so when Jesus came to church that day. Listen, he changed the dynamics of everything. Uh, when you come to church, you've got to believe that God has a word for you. Uh, God wants to touch you in whatever problem you're in, whatever mess you're in, God has a word for you. Again, if you're saved, God wants to empower you uh, with the spirit. You need the power of the Holy Ghost uh, If you're going to effectively do the will of God. uh, uh, If you're called to preach, you don't have to go off to seminary. You don't have to waste your time and money. Uh, You can be discipled and Jesus can empower you. uh, And you go out and do exactly what He did. That's a wonderful thing. Jesus brought these dynamics in church that day. And and Jesus wanted to make sure you know that you're changed if you're right. Just as much as that water to wine, uh, if you're a Christian, you're changed. Doesn't matter what the devil's telling you, doesn't one match you feel what you feel, if you're saved, you're saved. And Jesus said, just as the waters change changed the wine, uh, every mealcule mil- uh, uh, amen has been changed. He didn't just put a band-aid on a gushing wound. he changed you. You know, the church is a place of not a religious routine, but listen, it's a place we need to hear from God first. A place God wants to touch you, so God wants to help you. Secondly, as I say, you need the Holy Ghost. If you're saved for any length of time, listen, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost for your own prayer life, but to have dominion over sin, uh, to have dominion uh, just in life, doing right, uh, it helps. And third, Jesus said, man, if you're a Christian, you need to know it. You're saved. You're right We got in." I mean, think of that first miracle: water turned to wine. You know, some probably just thought, "Hey, man, this is good wine," but others knew the backdrop. They knew what Jesus was saying, what Jesus meant, uh, what Jesus did. Uh, that had to blow their mind. The message in that Jesus is changing everything about us on the inside. Jesus done so, a total miracle on the inside. That's the message today of the gospel. Let's bow our heads.